Hello again, and welcome to this week's episode of the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name is TJ, filling in for Andrew once again. Once again. I think he'll be back next week. Are you sure? You may have taken his spot. Hey, let's go. Okay. I'm, I'm in. Here I'm in go. for He's it. He's not going to like that. He's not going to like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't forget to like or subscribe. Uh, make some comments. That'll help us out tremendously. Yes. Pastor Robbie, last week, we're talking genealogies. Um, Candy brought up a great question, and I think... We got some research on this? Yeah, she uh, would not let this one go. She was bothered by it. <laughs> well, let me the say Jeconiah why. Yeah, I was only bothered by it because I was like, I didn't understand. Apparently, you weren't the only one. People might have. Yeah, like, had the what same was issue. wrong with Jeconiah? And the reason right. I was asking that is because Josiah, it says Josiah fathered Jeconiah, and Josiah was a great king. Right. Um, among many that were not. And so I'm thinking, well, what was wrong with Jeconiah? Yeah, and let me say this too, because last week we talked about how if it says you fathered, technically if you say um, Abe Ross fathered Ryder Gallaty, technically you could say that because he is your dad. In a sense, he fathered you and then you fathered. So in a sense, genealogically, you could say he was the father because... Jeconiah is not the direct descendant of Josiah. There are people between him. Okay. Okay. It's good to so clarify that's first, that. First thing to clarify. Number two is there are different names for Jeconiah okay. in the Bible. Right. We read there's one Jeconiah, earlier. There's Jeconiah. There's Coniah. There's um, another name for Jeconiah. So you like got Jehoiachin. Yeah. Some name we can't pronounce in Hebrew. <laughs> but okay. And then the third issue, which is the big deal, we went and did some research and found this out. Okay. The reason Jeconiah was disqualified from being um, of the line of the Messiah was because when the people were shipped to Babylon, Mm -hmm. Jeconiah actually acquiesced to the Babylonian empire. And the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 9, that Jeconiah was cursed by God Mm. for all his evil deeds that he did. Mm. Yeah. All the evil deeds that he had done and his fathers had done. And so they were cursed. And because of that, when Nebuchadnezzar seized the city, the Chaldeans came in and they actually, he actually surrendered to them to save his life and his family's life. And I think because of that, that's where God said, no, you're disqualified from, you saved your life, but you cursed your lineage. So he was a traitor in a sense. In a sense, he was a traitor. So he died in Babylon many years after that. And, um, yeah, so he's out of the picture. And again, that's what we talked about. That's what Matthew's doing. He is basically saying, we know Jeconiah is Joseph's lineage, and that's okay because Joseph's not the father of Jesus. He had nothing to do with the birth of Jesus, in a sense, okay? Um, let's move on. We're gonna talk about the Tanakh in the uh, lineage of Jesus. And after this, are you ready for this? After this, yeah, we hopefully... We'll get into the birth narrative of Jesus. And folks, we have a lot on the horizon. We have a lot on the horizon, literally, <laughs> on the horizon of the birth of Jesus. We're going to talk about how uh, the, I should save it, the wise men may have been disciples of Daniel. Mm, okay. So we got a lot of neat things on the horizon. Okay, let's get into the Easter eggs, okay? What uh, Matthew is trying to do, again, is he's trying to show a couple things to the audience who knows what he's talking about. Now, just kind of a, a refresher. The Hebrew Bible, differently different than the English Bible you have in your hands today, okay? What is the major difference between the-, the Sorry. Oh, wow. Didn't, didn't, he, didn't even finish, but that's Okay. <laughs> Well, ding, I'm ding, thinking ding. in my mind no, right you now. Got, so. that's right. No, you were talking about it too. So, <laughs> okay. No, you, you were thinking and speaking at the same time. Okay. So, no, you're right. 
Do that a lot. Poor TJ. He didn't even have a shot at that one. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, didn't even a shot. It's all good. That's okay. Okay, so uh, the Tanakh, or the Hebrew Bible, is called the Tanakh, okay? Our English uh, uh, Bible today, or our Bible in our hands today, is the exact same Bible. Mm-hmm. Talking Old Testament here. Old Testament, Old Testament. Remember, for the Jewish people, the Hebrew Bible is the only testament. It's not the Old Testament. The same Bible, uh, same books, the only difference is the order, okay? Actually, in the Hebrew Bible, the books are consolidated. So First and Second Kings, one book. First and Second Samuel, one book. They're consolidated. So I think they actually only have 22 books or is it 18 or 22 books? Robert, I can't remember what it is. But it's, it's, it's the same books condensed, okay? okay? So our, I think it's 26 books, maybe 22. I don't know. It's something in the 20s. 39 books in our Bible, 20-something in theirs. Same books, just condensed, okay? So follow me here. The Hebrew Bible mm-hmm. is called the Tanakh, okay? Mm-hmm. It's called the Tanakh. The T, the N, and the K are the words. The little A's, the T-A-N-A, mm-hmm. are supplied to make the word. The T stands for Torah, okay? The N stands for what? Nevi'im. Nevi'im. And the K stands for what? Kavahim or something like that. Kava. That's a good relaxing drink, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a root. Yeah, not not coffee. Kava's a good. Ketuvim. Okay. So the word um, Nevi, okay? is the word for prophet, Hebrew word prophet. And when you put the word I or the word or the letters I am behind a Hebrew word, it makes it plural. So ketuv nevi'im makes it prophets. And then ketuv is the word for writings, a writing. And when you put I am, it's the writings. So you have the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. Okay, now watch this. The Torah is pretty simple. What, What is the Torah? First five books. First five books of the Bible, written by Moses, uh, I the believe. Law. The law, which, which again, the law is a negative connotation because you sure. think like speeding laws or, or uh, criminal laws. Isn't but, it also the Pentateuch? Uh, the Pentateuch is the Greek explanation or the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. <laughs> Some people use Pentateuch. I personally, this is a pet peeve, a personal issue, but I just don't call it the Pentateuch because it's Western. It gives us Western connotation. So I try to respect it, but call it the Hebrew Bible, the, um, you know, Jesus' Bible, whatever. Okay, I, I, the Old Testament is what we call it, but I try not to call it the Old Testament when I'm teaching because people think old, I don't want, new, no, I want, right? right? Okay, so the Hebrew Bible, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The second section begins with the book of what? Joshua. Joshua, okay. You're probably saying Joshua's not a prophet. Well, he prophetically carried out some things. So they start with Joshua. It goes through Joshua, Judges, Kings, all that. So that's the next section. And then it goes through the prophets, okay? Okay. Then it goes to the last section, which is the Psalm. I mean, which is the writings, gave it away. And it begins with the what? The Psalms. With the Psalms and Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and, and things like that. Okay, so that is the Tanakh, okay? That is when, when, when the Bible says, I truly tell you that until the law and the prophets pass away, away, what he's basically saying is that's code word for the Tanakh, the whole Old Testament Bible, okay? Right. Now, the Tanakh had different sections that started. So you have the Torah, the law, the, the, the way, Joshua, Psalms, okay? okay. Now, I want you to look at the genealogy, and I want you to see where Matthew is going to give a nod to all three sections of the Torah, mm-hmm. or the Tanakh. 
The first is the Torah. Now, the Torah is uh, a little harder to see in a sense because you're thinking law, Moses. But I want you to think the Torah begins with Genesis and Genesis sets the tone for the entire rest of the Torah with a promise through a covenant with a man. Abraham. Abraham. Okay, so Abraham, in a sense, begins the covenantal relationship with God in Israel. So Abraham has how many sons? Uh, two. Well, he, yeah, oh, sorry, how many sons? How many descendants through Abraham we see in Jesus? That's the wrong question. Yes, he has sons, but Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has who? Jacob. Jacob, and Jacob has 12, right? So you have 12 sons. Matthew includes Judah, which is interesting. Uh, of all things, Judah, Judah, it says, is the star or the scepter that will rise to prove the coming Messiah. So it's interesting he does Jacob, Judah here. Hmm. And he closes the, the genealogy with Jacob, Joseph. That's interesting. So I know it's different, Jacob, Joseph, but I do think it's a nod of a bookend between Jacob and Judah where the star, the scepter will rise um, basically, I bless Judah as one of my descendants. And at the end, you have Jacob, Joseph. Joseph was the dreamer who was the savior of the whole nation. And now Joseph will be the father, in a sense, by a, a surrogate father of Jesus, who will be the savior of the world. So I think that's another connection. But we won't we'll digress. So the first section, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, mm -hmm. is the Torah. Okay, because that begins the covenantal relationship. Okay. The second one we're looking for is the prophets. Okay, the prophets. Where do we find the prophets in? And I'll give you a, a hint. It's between seven and eleven. Between seven and eleven. Solomon, huh? Um, close. I want you to go Solomon down. Uh, let's let's hone in in verse ten. Let's go down to verse ten. It gets even closer. Just verse ten. Hezekiah. Nope. A little further down. Amos. Amen. Amen is in the text. Okay, it says Amen, but watch this. Look at your footnote, E. You ready for this? Amen, you missing. Amos, you go down and look, and you notice it says E. Mine says E. Other manuscripts translate or say this says Amos. Mm. What was Amos? Amos was a prophet in the Old Testament. Now, here's the pop quiz. What kind of prophecy did Amos give for those who really know their Old Testament prophecy? You're going to have to tell me on Oh, that. okay. <laughs> what was Amos speaking about all through his book? You tell us. The coming of the kingdom of God. Oh, well. That's all he spoke about. And so, in a sense, we have the prophet Amos in the genealogy of Jesus hmm. as a picture of the culmination of all the prophets. But wait, there's more. Well, I have a question. Okay. This might not really matter, but why did they call him with the in the in Amon instead of Amos in here? Like why not why is there a footnote? Why doesn't it just say Amos? Because no one would know that unless they're the, going to look at the footnote. The ESV says Amos. Oh, is it? Yeah. Does it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. CSB misses it. And I there's mean, no footnote to say it's Amon in no, the Bible. No, it's a footnote. It's the reverse. <laughs> there is a footnote, so it's but like, it's why, why, which, why does it matter? And then, okay. it, I mean, like, that why? That is a whole podcast episode, which you're asking. Really? Oh, gosh, yeah. And then, because then in the Bible, he's known the prophet Amos. Like, this is confusing to me. 
right? That, 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 is, that is a great question. Okay, what you're asking, the long question is this, and maybe we do this next time, okay? okay. TJ, if you're back, we'll do it with you. If not, we'll do it with Andrew. I'll just have to sit Make a note, Robert, this may be the next it. podcast. This is a digression from Matthew, but I think it's a hot topic today because here's the question. And you see this online. I, I see this running around on TikTok now, Instagram. You've seen this before. The, 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 it's a tantalizing, it's a provocative post. You, turn with me to Matthew 17 in your Bible and notice that you have an entire verse missing. This is the TikTok, right? Your Bible does not have, when the disciples asked Jesus, how does this one come out? Why, did, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Right. Jesus says this one only comes yeah. out through what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, in modern translations, in ESV, CSB, NIT, NIV, NLT, NASB, they all have that verse omitted with a footnote at the bottom. And the point they're trying to make is, this is kind of a push toward the King James Version only-ism or the New King James Version only-ism. And if, you, if you're one of those people, I'm not trying to Avengers. disrespect you, um, although I will prove that... <laughs> Moving on. You will have no leg to stand on next episode, but I will, in a loving, with the love of Christ, we'll, of we'll course. Let we'll let Andrew do it. We'll let Andrew do But I'm going to show you that there's no way that, that you can be only ism. But, but anyway, the point is they make you look and say, your Bible contains a missing verse. Why is it missing? Now, I'm here to tell you this is going to really mess some people What's up. What's missing? There are actually more verses than that in your Bible that are actually omitted in certain translations. Mm-hmm. But there's in way more fact, that's there. In fact, I would say just turn to the end of Mark chapter 16, yep. and you have a whole bracketed section that says some of the earliest manuscripts. So to answer- John chapter 8 as well. John chapter 8, the yep. perfect woman caught uh, in adultery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to answer that question, we would need a an entire podcast. In fact, if you want to hear that, why don't you comment uh, to us and say, hey, I'd like to hear that, because that is a whole podcast on textual criticism and a history of translation. Oh, that'll be good. Which, by the way, I got caught up into this. I thought it was a big conspiracy theory. I was this close, just, just oh, full gosh. disclosure. I was this close at Brainerd when I was pastoring Brainerd to throwing out every modern translation because I thought we had missed it and it was a conspiracy and I was going to fill every pew with uh, the King James Version of the Bible. But anyway. But then you'd have the comma that stopped discipleship. Stopped discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> the comma that caused the coma in the coma. discipleship. Yeah. Coma. Okay, but back, we uh, we got sidetracked. But the point is, that's a whole other sermon, uh, podcast, okay? Well, we maybe cover that next time. But here's what I was saying. Okay. Amos... The, 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 there's different manuscripts. Some are early, some are later, but that's why they put the footnotes in there. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But the point is, you got to see, Amos is a prophet, and the second Easter egg or Passover egg is in verse 8. It's right out the gate. And again, you're going to have to read... <laughs> Unfortunately for Tandy. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be Joram. It's Joram. You're going to have to read the footnotes. And by the way, how many of you listening actually read the footnotes in your Bible? I do. Do you? Oh, yeah. Okay. How many read? Normally, I can't Do you ever read a book and and you look at the footnotes ever? Wait. TJ? So I was told, don't read the book. Read the footnotes from the book. And then you'll get the whole book. (laughs) I never, I've never heard that. You know, read the books that are in That's the That's the Cliff Notes version. Yes. Yeah. We have one son who loves to read and one son that despises to read. Yeah. And last night we were almost in full panic mode <laughs> when we realized that one of the unnamed sons, who I won't name, uh, has a book report due in 12 days. Candy knew the exact number of days. 
and he's got another 20 chapters to read that he's been put. Oh, no, hun, it's more than that. Oh, is it? How many? He's it's read a, He's read 10, he told me. I think he's read 12. It's a 50-chapter book. <laughs> it's worse than I thought. They're small worse chapters. They're super small. So guess, so guess what Candy says. Guess <laughs> <laughs> what Candy says. Listen. Because the older has already gone through the class already. <laughs> so she tells the younger. They're teachers, aren't they? She, don't, hopefully they don't. No, <laughs> surely their teachers are in class right now. But uh, she, she says, Ryder, you're going to need to get with Rig and let him explain the book to you. And Rig says, I don't remember the book. And I said, no, he's got to go in there and read the book. And he said, Dad, it's a lot of chapters. I said, well, you got 12 days, son. You better start. So <laughs> it was not a happy camper when he said, I don't even know where the book is. I was like, well, we got a major problem. So anyway, some people read books. Some people read footnotes. Some don't even read the book. Okay? Right. So the point is you have to read footnotes to, to, write, to read the cross-references. Okay? The name is Asa. Okay? Now, Asa you won't recognize, but you will recognize Asaph. Oh, yeah. Isn't he like a musical? He's a musical choir leader in the Psalms. He's a psalmist. <laughs> He's a psalmist. He writes psalms. <laughs> and isn't it interesting that Matthew's going to include Asaph in the genealogy of Jesus to show one more nod to the psalms and the writings in the Tanakh. So I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I think it's interesting that we see the Tanakh, the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you another one, okay? It goes even further. Because I know some of you are thinking, that's pretty, I'm pretty skeptical. I don't believe that's how God speaks. Why would God do that? Let me show you one more overt. Go with me to Matthew 17. This one is undeniable, and it's impossible to miss. Uh, and it's very familiar. You're going to know this passage well, and you have read this your entire life, and you have never seen this because, again, I have too, and I came to the realization of this. No, we haven't seen it. Well, I'm just, well, I haven't seen it. Let me say it. Okay. 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 Um, I want you to read. This is the transfiguration. Okay. There is so much here, and maybe in 2028 we'll get to this <laughs> at this rate. Should I stop asking questions? No, I love the questions. You know me. <laughs> I don't hunt rabbits, but if I did, it would be on this podcast because I love hunting rabbits, right? Go ahead. All right. Read uh, Matthew 17, verse 1, and I want to show you the transfiguration, and I'm going to point out just a couple of things here and there, but we'll get to the point, okay? Okay. Uh, 17, 1? 17, 1. Okay. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah... Okay, by the way, stop, stop there for a second. Okay. Um, what version are you reading? I don't know whose Bible is this. this. That should be my Bible, but it says his clothes were shown as white as the light? It says... Oh, okay. His clothes right. became yeah, yeah, yeah. white I, as okay. light. I'm behind you, sorry. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was like, wow. Like. Okay, yeah. Okay, so... Um, Keep going. No, just stop for a second. His face was transfigured. Now, right away, remember Matthew's theme. One of Matthew's themes is, and I know we're way into Matthew, but one of Matthew's themes is Jesus is the what? Moses. The new the, Moses. The Moses. Yeah, the better, the new Moses. Yeah, the, the, the complete Moses. Ooh. What Moses was incapable of doing, Jesus is going to show us he did. What were you going to say? I was going to say, you're talking about when Moses comes down the mountain and his face mm -hmm. is... Yes. See, this is how you have to teach yourself to read the Bible, particularly the Gospels. What I've spent my life studying is the Gospels. I mean, Paul and, and the New Testament, they're, they're there. But in the Gospels, they're everywhere. So every time you're reading the Gospels, you're slowly 
you, you got to read the Bible like you're chewing on a fine steak, right? You ever eat, you ever go into like a nice steak restaurant, TJ? And went to Chop House the other night. Oh man, Chop, that's the best in our town, by the way. Chop I thought you liked Texas Roadhouse. In town. That is By the way, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse down. is so underrated for people who laugh at me. But I'm telling you, anybody agree? He loves the best it, yeah. steak for the money in town. Now, if I'm going to go out Chop nice, I'd go to too, like but... E3 or Oak Steakhouse right. or, right. or Halls. But but you know what I'm talking about, Vivian. You and Kelvin go out, and you're just you're chewing on this nice, and you're savoring it, and you're enjoying it. You don't rush and eat the thing, and you're done, you know, ready to go home. That's how you need to... I'm sorry. I, I do that sometimes, but but that's only at home. But but when I go out in a nice restaurant, I like to, like to I like to take my time, even close my eyes every now and then, savor it. Golly, so good. That's what you need to do with scripture. Mm-hmm. Some of you need to stop trying to complete a Bible reading plan to check a box at the end of the morning. And you would do better to stop reading chapters of the Bible and start just marinating on verses of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, with all due respect. A good question that I ask is where have we seen this before in the scripture? So, like, here, mm. for instance, where have we seen someone have a, a face that shines? Good, good question. Good, yeah. good question. Okay. So, right away, we've already seen this in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35, when Moses is coming down and his face is shining. But I'm keep surprised going. that's not a footnote. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Well... <laughs> That would be like a, a that would be a cross reference. Okay, so there's a difference between a footnote and a cross reference. A footnote, okay, so cross references are found. Just quick Bible um, explanation. Okay. Cross references are found in the middle of your Bible. If you have a Bible mm-hmm. with the cross references down the middle, footnotes are normally at the bottom. Right. Footnotes are normally textual variations of the text. Okay. Cross references are references to other scriptures. Similar. Okay. What I'm trying to find in this podcast are not the overt references, which you see in the Bible in bold and stuff. What we're looking for are the ones you don't see that the people genuinely knew. And that's what this whole podcast is about. And that's what this whole Bible I have my hands about. Okay, so keep going. We got to hurry because I want to okay. get to the end of this. Okay, suddenly Moses and Elijah appear. Wait, who appears? Moses and Elijah. Wow. Matthew's like, just in case you didn't get it. God's like, just in case you don't get what's going on, let me just, Mo, get off the bench. Let's go. Need you back in the game. You know, it's like, okay, me? Yep, come on in. So him and Eli are back. Uh-huh. Mo and Eli appear. Okay. Uh, they appear to them talking with him. About what? Then uh, the trend. Okay, keep going, keep going. Sorry. Oh, keep you're going. Messing me up. Okay, um, sorry. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Mm. Keep going. Okay. Now, here's two things I want to show you. What is, what is Moses? What does Moses represent? The law, the Torah. The Torah. And what does Elijah represent? Prophets. Wow. Wow. A law and the prophets. Okay. I want to find this real quick. Uh, Where is the transfiguration? I think it's Luke. uh, I'm going to show you this. In Luke, I'll show you an interesting little insight if I can find it on the fly. The transfiguration in Luke shows us one line, he says, about what Moses and Elijah came to talk about. And that um, is, you might know what the transfiguration, I should know this. My Bible, of course, has no references, no cross-references. It's just a Bible with spaces so I could take notes, which is helpful for what I'm trying to do, but it's not helpful when you're trying to find a cross-reference. Robert, do you have the cross-reference of Luke? Uh, you would think I'd have Logos or something open right now. <laughs> Luke chapter 9. Thank you, Robert. Pass it up twice. Okay, Luke chapter 9, it says when, I'm pretty sure this says this, watch this. When Moses and and, and, and suddenly the two men were talking with him. Mm -hmm. And speaking about his. Watch this. This is so awesome. This is so awesome. 
Again, these are just little nuggets that God's like, let me just put this nugget here. Read this verse. Read verse 31. Watch this verse. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure. Okay, what does departure mean? What's another word for departure? Rapture. Death. Exodus. Mm. They were speaking with Jesus about his exodus. That's what the word is. That's what the word can be translated as, exodus. Okay, exodus and our deliverance. Yes, just like Moses, who was the one who took him out of the bondage of Egypt into the promised land of peace and shalom. Jesus, different exodus to a relationship with God. Okay, back here. Again, we could stop at every word on here, but let's go back. I want to read real quick. Number four, then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay, watch this. Keep going. Oh, if you want, I will set up three shelters here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. A shelter is another word for what? Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. What's another word for tabernacle? The presence of God dwelling with us. Okay, keep going. Okay. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son. Okay, keep going. With whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Let's stop there. That's it. That's all we need. Watch this. So back up. Three shelters, okay? One for who? One for Moses. One for Elijah, one for for Jesus. One for Jesus. That's what he's saying. Okay, now we always laugh at Peter and say, man, this guy missed the point. Peter may have been on to something. Peter may be recognizing what's happened. Peter may be saying, okay, this is the departure of Jesus. The time has come. God is tabernacling with the people. You know, we always say Peter's trying to check in at the Motel 6 and gets it. No, no, Peter Peter may be on to something here. We always fault Peter for this. But the second thing is this. Notice what it says. A bright cloud, uh, a bright cloud covered the mountain. So a dark cloud, in a sense, covered the mountain or a cloud covered enveloped. the mountain. Enveloped the mountain. And a voice from the cloud said. Now, what does that remind you of, of a cloud shrouding a mountain in the Old Testament? Where do you see that? The giving of the law? The giving of the law when Moses went up in Exodus chapter 40. So once again, you have all these callbacks to Moses and God. You also see it in 1 Kings uh, chapter, I can't read my notes here. I think it's 1 Kings chapter 3 or, or 5, when Elijah also on a mountain enveloped by the clouds. So you see both of these callbacks oh, wow. to these men with clouds, okay? What does the cloud covering the mountain signify? The presence and the power of God. Now, God's going to speak to Jesus. Now, we think God's just saying three random things to Jesus. No, way deeper than that, okay? What God is going to do is speak Scripture. And it's not just three random Scriptures, it's three scriptures from three sections of the Hebrew Bible. <laughs> Watch this. The first one is, this is my, oh, let's go backward to make it more. Okay. Uh, make it more uh, intense for us. You know, lead okay. Up to it. Okay, listen to, to him. him. Okay, listen to him. Where is that found? Where you want to take a guess? Would it be somewhere in the prophets? No, we're going backwards. So, so it'd be the writings. It, no, we're just going backwards. We're going we're reverse engineering it. So we're starting Torah then. We're going Torah, (laughs) ding, 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 ding. You got it. That's not backwards though. Yeah, well, Tanakh is- prophet, writing. Wouldn't it be writing, Torah, prophet? No, I'm actually flipping the word up around. So instead of T-N-K, I'm doing uh, K-N-T. See, I'm going backwards. Okay. I'm going backwards. I'm going, I'm I'm, I'm doing it in a Hebrew way. Hebrew reads right to left. We're going right to left. Okay, here we go. go. (laughs) I'm confusing myself at this point. Okay. I don't don't get it. Deuteronomy 18.15. It's from. Go to Deuteronomy 18.15. We're going to put a period on that. I promise you we're almost done. You're going to love this. Um, 
Deuteronomy 18, 15, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, 18, 15. Yes. Okay, one second, one second. I've got a bandit on my finger. Okay. Yes. 18, 15. Okay. Read it. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. Okay, you're gonna raise up a prophet like me from your own brothers. Now, here's another little insight here. Remember when Jesus, so, so Moses, God tells the people of Israel, after you's coming a prophet like me, the prophet, 1850, this is the prophet that's gonna come who's gonna lead your people, okay? When Jesus does the feeding of the 5,000, which we'll get to that maybe one day, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, which is another callback to Moses of providing manna in the desert for the people miraculously, the end of that, the text says, the people wanted to crown him king, and they said one to another, could this what? Be the prophet. Definitive article. Definite article. The uh. prophet. They even wondered, could this be the Deuteronomy 18.15 prophet? So that's the first prophetic promise from the Torah. Number two. The second one, whom I'm well pleased. Guess where that's from? The prophet Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 42.1. Read this one quickly. So the first one's from the Torah. This one's from the Nevi'im. T-N-K. Tanakh, Torah, Nevim, Isaiah 42, 1. Okay. This is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nation. Wow. What a promise there. This is another prophetic messianic promise. So now we have two for two. And the final one, take a guess where it's from. Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. Guess what the Ketuvim starts with? The book of what? Psalms. Psalms. Mm. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, what does it say? Mm-hmm. Psalm 2, 7. Psalm 2, 7. I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Okay. What he's saying is, this is my son. Jesus is one and the same with me. Okay, so what do you have here is this. This is not God speaking from heaven, validating Jesus with haphazard, just random words. What you have is God the Father taking the totality of Scripture, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, and basically saying this man here is the totality of the word of God. He's the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, putting it all together, and I'm endorsing him, this is it, And now begins the Exodus. And if you follow chronologically the ministry of Jesus, from this point on, Jesus is gonna do two things. He's gonna ramp up his teaching and miracles, and he's gonna prepare his disciples for his death. And after this, he starts talking more and more about his death. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. We don't know what that conversation was between Moses and Elijah, but it's interesting that they had that conversation, and the connections are amazing. So all that to say, when you read the genealogy, when you're reading through the Bible, you're looking for these connections to show that none of this happens by chance. And it's another reminder for those skeptics out there who would say, well, you know, how do we know the Bible's real? Can we trust the Bible? Listen, the only way these things happen, Mm -hmm. the only way is if the whole thing's made up, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's a sovereign God who's in control of every single detail, not only of the life of Jesus, you ready for this, Mm -hmm. but of your life as well. Amen. God is orchestrating his plan in your life for your good and his glory, and we can trust that he's a good God and he knows what's best for us. That's mind-blowing. I absolutely love it. Um, Learning so much. We read the scripture our whole life and miss 
these Easter eggs. We we miss oh. the, the Passover truth Passover land. eggs is Robert Passover calls. eggs. We we miss it. Uh, well, Pastor, thank you so much. Candy, thank you. Uh, it, it has been such a pleasure to, to be on the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, Andrew, we'll have you back. Here. We'll have you back. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Andrew will be back next week. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, that would be super helpful for us. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Forgotten Jesus podcast.